Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast from Tailless Media. I'm Andy Davis. This is episode 11. It's a new week and with all the possibilities that holds. I might have cheese on toast for my lunch rather than beans on toast. Who knows? The world is my oyster. Today we're taking a virtual trip over to Northern Ireland to get a view on the situation there and how a couple of leading businesses are starting to plan for what happens on the other side of this whole coronavirus thing. First up, we've got Wayne Lyons from Soaks Bathrooms in Belfast. They were our Bathroom Retailer of the Year at the 2019 KBB Review Retail and Design Awards. And he's got plenty of insight into setting a business up for growth and success. And then we've got Stephen Alloway, the founder of Aquala. They're a brassware and shower supplier across the UK and Ireland, and they're based just outside Belfast. He's a really interesting guy, and he's built that business to very impressive levels in less than 10 years. As always, I really want to know how you're doing and what you're up to. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing that you've always meant to get round to doing if you've had the time? I mean, for your business, not learning the ukulele or something. Find me on LinkedIn as Andrew Davis at Taylor's Media or email me andrewdavis at taylorsmedia.com. That email address, as always, is in the episode description. And here's your traditional shameless plug for Taylor's Media. We're the publishers of KBB Review, Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms and Studio Magazines. And today I want to tell you about our other podcast, the Kitchen and Bathroom Design Podcast. We started it back in October last year and it's all about kitchen and bathroom design, obviously. We've just released episode one of season two and it's a fascinating interview with Adam Thomas, the country's leading expert on accessible design. But there's over 20 episodes there in season one that you can binge on covering topics like compact spaces, kitchens for entertaining, spa-like bathrooms and biophilic design, as well as in-depth interviews with big names like Charlie Smallbone, Johnny Gray and Marcel Wonders. And I can promise you that no one mentions the coronavirus once. You can find it by searching Kitchen and Bathroom Design in your podcast app or by going to podcast.kbbreview.com and I'll put that link in the episode description. Right, let's get another view now from a top retailer, this time over in Belfast. Down the line we've got Wayne Lyons from Soaks. Hello Wayne. Hi Andrew, how are you? I'm okay, I'm up here in my loft. The, the Well, it's a cloudy grey day today but it's, it's a bit warmer up here so I'm happy now. Yeah, I'm sitting in, the, sitting in the sunroom. I've got all the windows closed because everyone seems to be cutting their grass today. So <laughs> hopefully you'll not hear any lawnmower noises in the background. You're obviously a very successful bathroom retailer, but obviously we have people here from kitchens too. So just give us the background on Soaks, how big it is, where it is, that kind of thing. So Soaks Bathrooms is based in Belfast. We're a showroom about 7,000 square feet. We have 14 staff in the one showroom. We retail all medium to high-end brands and we're a very busy showroom. Uh, we won the KBB Retailer of the Year last year, came runner-up in Showroom of the Year and came runner-up in KBB Retailer of the Year 2020 also. I know that feels a very long time ago but it was only a month ago. Yeah, I know, I know. And I was just actually saying to a friend yesterday, I was very pleased that it was quite early this year because I think last year the awards was beginning of April. It was about now, yeah. That's right, yeah, Manchester. So we, we, we wouldn't have had it if it was at the same time this year. Oh, don't don't say that. Where since shivers down my spine, don't please don't do that to me. <laughs> so, all right. So, look, you you you're a very successful retailer. Um, won lots of awards. What is your current status? Then you're sat at home. I'm guessing everything's closed, uh, and all your staff are at home as well. Most are. Yeah, we actually have got an in-house fitter, and him and his son Paul and his son do a lot of ripping out displays and new displays. So they have been in the showroom for the past two weeks and they've, they're doing quite a bit of work, quite a bit of noisy work and dusty work. And I think it's good to get that 
on why we're closed. And they're both from the same family, so there's no risk involved there whatsoever. For the past two weeks, the showroom's been closed. We're taking emails online. Most of our staff have been furloughed. And from today, we actually put a post up on social media where we're offering remote 3D design uh, service. So we can do designs and quotes from home. We've set up a, a remote access piece of software on the computers. So some of the sales staff can interact with customers from home and, and probably be prepared for what is going to happen after this and get a few leads in and get things moving. I mean, that's the, that's the status I think we are at the moment, is, is people starting to think, what happens next? I think everyone's, they've got their staff at home, they've finished off the jobs that they were doing, and I think that the stage, the phase we're at now, is what do we do next? And that's what I kind of want to touch on with you, because you're very strong at marketing, you're very strong at planning. What are you sat in your sunroom now doing to plan for what comes on the other side of it, and, and what can you plan at this stage? It's very difficult to know, because I think we're on, in uncharted territories. Uh, we are, are marketing throughout the, the, the history of Soaks has, has been more brand building rather than, than than impulse marketing. So our adverts are nice images, logo, small amount of information to build the brand, not like we've got a sale next month, get in now. So with our marketing, it's, it's very much about consistency. And I think there's going to be great opportunities for marketing as we come through this, you know, and possibly deals, etc., where we can we can then, you know, we want to come out of this at the good at the good side of it, possibly next year, and maintain our position in the marketplace as being a strong and independent and reliable retailer. At the minute, we're we're promoting a lot on social media. I think a lot of people are at home at the minute, and Instagram's doing doing really really good for us. And a lot of people have time in their hands that they can that they can go and browse. And where are you building that audience up from? Is that just kind of an organic growing thing, or do you actually go out and sort of pursue audience? We have a, quite a few followers on Facebook, I think possibly 16,000, and then not just as many on Instagram. So these are, 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 are people that have organically liked us and through paid posts like this in the past. Uh, we're promoting the posts that, that we're putting out now and targeting them to people that have searched for bathrooms or searched for home renovations. And it's a very targeted form of advertising and people specifically in, in Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. And it works really well for us. We get a lot of leads. Uh, we can then follow those up and, and do as much as we can remotely whilst we're unable to, to open the showroom. And can you can you plan some targets for that? What, can you put some goals that you can reach uh, with that kind of activity? Very difficult to, uh, because it's, it's quite a process from someone initially uh, goes looking for a bathroom to the sale is completed. We, we use a, a software program, EasyQuote, and when a, we do a quote for a customer, the salesperson has got a drop-down box so they can choose a form of advertising of where the customer saw, saw us. Uh, this is done through initial contact and the sales, sales staff will just mention, where, where did you see us advertised and get that information uh, in the conversation and then put it into the, the software at the time of doing the quotation. And then we can look back at what, what advertising, the costs in each each format of advertising and, and then the returns from that uh, through quotes uh, that have turned into sales and and, and uh, margin on those sales. Right, so that's a way of definitely working out which bits work and which bits don't. And that's always the hardest part when it comes to spending marketing money, of course. It is, especially in brand building marketing. Because if we, if we were offering a, a 30% sale off next month and 
we were targeting all our marketing to that. We could then, within a month, have a decision of, of how good that campaign was. Uh, but with brand building, it's more longer term. It's, it's planting the seed. It's putting the, putting the name in their head in, in the our name in the customer's head and making them have nice thoughts about that. So whether it's seeing a nice image in a magazine and then seeing the Soaks logo, then quite often down the line when they go to choose a bathroom, they're they're not necessarily knowing, remembering where they saw the name, but they have good feelings about the name. That's what brings them to us. So yeah, it is. It's quite difficult more difficult for the brand building exercise than it is for the immediate marketing campaigns. Obviously, don't give me any numbers here, but what about financial planning? What can you do to make sure that you know you, you are in as good of a position as possible to keep the company going and keep the company going in a way that is continuing the success and the growth that you already had? Continuing the growth is going to be the difficult thing, uh, and I, I'm not expecting any growth this year. We were well up on, until... This, this situation occurred, but we don't know. You know, we, obviously we can't trade at the minute, so it's going to affect our figures, and, and it is going to affect our growth. Cash-wise, you know, we, we've always paid all our suppliers on time, and we will continue to do that. I was quite fortunate because I did have a sale agreed on a about ten thousand square foot warehouse, and it was about a half a million pound investment, and I was able to just pull out at the last minute because the contract hadn't been sent to the other solicitor. So I'm really fortunate that, that that didn't go through, which means we're in a strong position to carry on. We still need the warehousing, so commercial property prices are probably going to get a knock and we still need to progress down that route. But just I didn't think it was the right time just at the at the start of this crisis. Yeah, you must have woken up sweating over that one, I'm sure, and see where that, where that paperwork was. <laughs> yeah, I was, in a, I was in America at the time and I, I sent a WhatsApp from the solicitor and he said he hadn't sent the contract and it was like, Phew, don't send it, don't send it. So it's going to be, be difficult for quite a while for a lot of retailers and, and it's the strong retailers that are going to pull, pull out of it the other side. Yeah, I guess it's what the definition of strong is, isn't it? When you're planning the numbers, do you literally sit there and work out the sums of, of we need to get this, this and this every month in order to get to the other side of this or can you be a bit more flexible with it? It's difficult for us difficult to work out because we don't know what's going to happen in two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, two months even. And even when we do come out of the other side of this virus, is there going to be a depression, a recession, hyperinflation, deflation? It's very difficult to know. Uh, just before the crash, uh, just before the shutdown, I bought a lot of stock of our, of our popular items that we will sell quite often. So we, so we had stock in case there was a situation of hyperinflation. So it, it's it's uncharted waters at the minute. Because, of course, you were going into this crisis having just gone through a Brexit crisis. And obviously you're based in Belfast, but you do a lot of business, a huge chunk of your business in the south as well. You know, was there a certain amount of uncertainty and unease already bubbling around that this simply goes on top of? Or was were you quite confident that you were in a good position anyway? We were confident we were in a good position. We do exhibitions in, in Dublin. So we have three exhibitions we attend a year in Dublin. And a lot of customers travel from all over Ireland to, to come up to the showroom. I think a huge advantage is the products we have on offer and the service we provide. And a lot of customers come through recommendations as well. But whilst doing the exhibitions, the current one that should be on in the next few weeks, the Dublin, the Ideal Home Show has been cancelled. But even last year, uh, a lot of customers were coming to the stand unsure what's going to happen about Brexit. However, the flip side to the coin is that a lot of customers wanted when they came up and got a quote and paid their deposit they wanted their goods as quick as possible because they weren't sure what was going to happen so the brexit situation in northern ireland is a bit 
bit more different due to like a kind of a special status that's possibly going to come out of it where we retain free access to the European market but also uh, access to the, the, the rest of the UK market. So that was the, the difficulties over the past few years and, and uh, we haven't heard much about Brexit on the news over the past two months. Uh, we're going to hear plenty more of it towards the end of the year again. Yes, I suspect Brexit discussions are very much on pause at the moment rather than stopped. Well, look, Wayne, thank you so much for your time today. It's really interesting to see your point of view on it. The most important question, though, Wayne, of course, what is your deserted kitchen island disc, your most positive feel-good song? It's probably I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, Oh, right. Okay. That's what I like to listen to in the car. Okay, that's probably controversial, that one. It's certainly controversial with me, but there we go. Whatever makes you feel good, that's the most important thing. So, look, thanks for all your time, mate, and we'll speak again soon. No problem. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers, Cheers, Wayne. Bye now. Right, let's get another view now from a manufacturer, from a supplier, and I've got Stephen Alloway from Aquala. Stephen, are you there? I am, Andy. How are you? I'm all right, sir. How are you getting on today? Good, I'm well, I'm well, thank you, considering everything that's going on around us, everything is good. Well, yes, it is a difficult time for us all. So, for those of us, or for those people who may be a little unfamiliar things, because we obviously deal with the kitchen side as well, give us a little bit of the history of your company and what it is exactly you do. Aqualer is a supplier of bathroom taps, showers, heated tall rails, mirrors and accessories, and we focus on supply to the independent sector of our industry, predominantly supporting bricks and mortar showrooms, and... We started trading almost nine years ago. We currently employ 25 people and have a, an annual turnover of approximately $7.5 million. Up until a few weeks ago, we're experiencing rapid growth where we were up about 40% um, through our six months of our financial year. And we partner with approximately 350 showrooms throughout Ireland and the UK. So it's a very impressive outfit you've set up there in a relatively short space of time, very impressive growth. Plus, of course, you would have dealt, I'm sure, with Brexit and all that that went on as well, because obviously you were a cross-border company. You were going through a certain amount of of uncertainty anyway, which you were having to sort of negotiate your way through. So what's the current status of of the company now? Uh, Is everything closed? Are you still making deliveries? What's, What's happening with you? We closed the week before last and the majority of our staff are in furlough. There's several of the staff are still working just to try and maintain the essential parts of the business. Our accountant's still working, I'm still working and our sales director who's based in Southern Ireland is still working. Apart from that, everyone else is on furlough for now. Right, I think that's pretty much the status of most people these days. What, where do you think we are in the cycle of things here, Steve? I know there's no real uh, right answer to this question, but are you at a stage yet where you think you've finished everything you needed to do to kind of wind the business up to this point, and now you can start planning for what might come out the other side of it? I think what's important from a supply point of view is that there's still money flowing through the supply chain. Suppliers in our industry also have obligation to their own suppliers, and although many will have reduced their overheads, they're still running expenses. We have things like rent, software, subscriptions, fleet payments, phone lines, etc. And after calculating all of our outgoing costs over the next three months, we have still 75% of what would have been our expected overheads to pay. So I think it's important that, that there's cash still flowing through the supply chain. Our team are keeping in contact as well on a regular basis with with our customers just to see what their position is and and hopefully 
things can keep moving along and that side of things so that everybody's in a position whenever the market returns to some form of normality to get up and trading and, and back to the way things were previously. So are you planning for a surge of demand or are you just hoping or assuming that everything will just kind of pick up where it left off? My personal expectation would be a spike whenever we reopen, although I think that will subside and then there'll be a gradual return over a period of months to get back to where we were before. So we're preparing as soon as we get the the go-ahead to open up again to be there to support our customers and hopefully progress the the growth that we were experiencing before back in the market. But I do think it will take several months after getting back to return to some, some form of normality. Even that's quite a, a confident, positive point of view. I mean, like I can say, you've grown very quickly in a short, relatively short space of time. You must have a very tight handle on, on the way you plan that growth anyway. We do. We've, we've worked extremely hard. We manage um, the business very well. We have a great team of people. Uh, we've put a lot of effort into building a strong balance sheet in the company, although through our, our growth, most of that balance sheet is made up from from our debtors and also the stock, which are both very important parts of our customer service commitment. We expect to be in a good position on the other side of, of these circumstances we find ourselves in now to go back to developing and building our, our market share again. What are you doing or can you do to make sure that your customer base, those retailers, are, are going to be ready and up and running and able to, to pick up as well when the market returns? We hope that they, they're availing from the same support from the government that we are. And as, as you said before about putting a pause on, on where we are currently, and we hope that everybody is availing of that same support and is in a position to get up and going again whenever the restrictions are lifted that are in place. But can you help them or give them a nudge or what, what vibe are you getting from them about, about their planning for what comes out the other side of it? From our point of view, we are really there to support, as we always have been our customer base. We're making sure that we have the stock there available to support customers whenever they reopen again. We're making sure our processes and procedures are in place. We can get stock and products flowing back into into the marketplace whenever the demand starts to pick up again. And we'll be there to support the customers who have supported us in, in the lifetime of our business. One of the things I think you're very strong with uh, is, is is the selling of your own brand. I think you're a very good brand-led brand led business. I think you had a great stand at KBB that was very successful for you, I think. Um, and you had, some really, you had some really good stuff on there. Do you feel that that brand is setting you in good stead to come out of this? Very much so. We've always made our commercial decisions from feedback that we have had from our customers. So everything that we've done in the past has been suggested or requested from a customer or someone in the marketplace. We always do the right thing from the viewpoint of our customers. So if it's right for them, it'll be right for Aquala. And we'll maintain that viewpoint on the other side. We won't suddenly change our stance and look at things from a a financial, commercial point of view. It will always be 
a decision that's based with the customer in mind. I think a lot of brands made that mistake in 2007, 2008, 2009, I think, when the last sort of big financial earthquake hit everybody. The, the panic at the time was got to keep the volume going, got to keep the factories busy, and a lot of brands made some quite critical errors that affected the trust people had in the brand that they built up over years. Very much so. We, as I said before, always taken our decisions from a, from a customer service point of view, and we will always maintain that. Our product development is driven by the marketplace. Our marketing is driven by the marketplace. And we really want to support the people who have have given us the opportunity to start, build and and grow our company. Very positive story, uh, Stephen. And thank you for telling it to us today. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But thanks for sparing us a little bit of time today. I do have uh, one very important question I need to ask you, though, of course. Yes. And that is the question I'm asking everybody. What is your most positive feel-good song? <laughs> it would have to be Top Loader, Dancing in the Midnight. Oh, now that's a party song. A song that would put a smile on anybody's face. I'm a 90s teenager. I'm right behind that song. Proper Britpop number. Fantastic choice. Thank you for your time today, yeah. Stephen. I really do appreciate it. I'd like to wish all your listeners you know, health and, and wellness over the, the next period of time. And there is good things ahead for everybody and opportunities in the future. So keep positive. Well, thank you very much. That's very gracious of you and a very good message. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Andy. Thanks a lot. Bye now. A big thank you to Wayne Lyons from Soaks Bathrooms and Stephen Alloway from Aquala. We'll be back very soon with another episode. Don't forget to check out our other kitchen and bathroom design podcast and please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And please rate and review us as it helps others find us. See you next time.